Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two OncDocs. This week's episode, we are going to be focusing on beta thalassemias. We are going to go over all the important details on, first and foremost, normal hemoglobin composition, so we have that good foundation, and then we'll focus on the diagnosis and treatment of beta thalassemia minor, intermediate, and major. These are always tested on our hematology ITEs, and definitely we, you will see them on your board's day for the hematology um, board exam. Absolutely. So before we dive into beta thalassemia, can you review some basics on normal hemoglobin? Sure. So to remind ourselves, the alpha globin gene is on chromosome 16 and the beta globin gene is on chromosome 11. Hemoglobin A, which is the majority of normal hemoglobin in adults, is made up of two alpha chains and two beta chains. Hemoglobin F, or fetal hemoglobin, is made up of two alpha chains and two gamma chains. And hemoglobin A2 is made up of two alpha chains and two delta chains. That one's going to come into play when we start talking about beta thalassemias. And lastly, the normal hemoglobin percentages in an adult is hemoglobin A being the majority at 95 to 98%, hemoglobin A2 being 2 to 3%, and hemoglobin F being 1 to 2%. Absolutely. It's good to know the normal hemoglobin of electrophoresis so you can figure out what is abnormal. And so can you tell us what are thalassemias? So thalassemias are a heterogeneous group of genetic anemias, and they're caused by imbalances in the globin chain production. The partial or complete decrease in a globin chain are a result of mutations. They're usually point mutations in beta thalassemias, and they can be full deletions in alpha thalassemias. Historically, thalassemias were seen largely in areas of the world that were affected by malaria, so think Southern Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Asia, and thought to be protective against malarial infections. But now, since we are truly the melting pot of the world, it can be seen anywhere. And how do we classify the severity of thalassemias? The classification is based on the severity of the clinical symptoms. So thalassemia minors are have mild or no symptoms. Thalassemia majors, they require transfusions and they have symptoms. And intermediate is somewhere in between the minor and major. So let's dive in more into beta thalassemias. How do we classify them? Like I mentioned above, um, beta thalassemias are usually res a result of a point mutation, and this results in the complete loss of beta globin chain if that mutation is in the coding exon region, and that is known as beta zero or no beta. Or you can have a decreased amount of beta chain synthesis, and this is known as beta plus if that mutation is in the transcriptional region, um, regulation region of the beta globin. The mutations can be homozygous, heterozygous, or a compound of another beta chain mutation. And so can you tell us more about beta thalassemia minor first? Definitely. So this is heterozygous group of thalassemias where there is a normal beta chain, and that normal beta chain is combined with either a beta plus or a beta zero. Clinically, these patients are asymptomatic, and this condition is really only seen on labs. You will see microcytosis. The MCV will be around 70. You will have a high RBC count and mild or no anemia with a normal RDW. So these patients really, they're picked up in their normal routine CBC labs sent off by their PCP. The diagnosis is confirmed by hemoglobin electrophoresis, which shows a mild increase in hemoglobin A2. And so it bumps them from the 2% to 3% we see normally to 4% to 8%. 
with that mild increase of the delta chains making up for the mild decrease in the betas. The treatment for beta thalassemia minor is nothing. We just monitor. So you had so many high yield points there. So beta thalassemia minor is the normal B with either a B plus or a B zero. And you're going to have an increase in the HbA2. And they can normally present with either mild or no anemia, microcytosis with a normal RDW. And I think these points come up again and again. So commit that to memory. And so can you tell us about the major beta thalassemias? So beta thalassemia major is also known as Cooley anemia. Uh, I don't know if we use those terms anymore, but it was a historical term that we would call it. That's a combination of beta zero, beta zero. So there's no beta chain made. Beta thalassemia intermedia is a combination of beta plus with beta zero or beta plus, beta plus. So a significant decrease in that beta chain um, being made. The presentation is clinically severe anemia seen in infancy between the ages of 2 and 12 months when the hemoglobin F or the fetal hemoglobin and the hemoglobin A2 naturally start to decrease, but there's an inability to produce enough hemoglobin A at that point. The diagnosis is made by hemoglobin electrophoresis, which shows alpha tetramers from the excessive alpha chains and an absent hemoglobin A because there are no beta chains to make that hemoglobin A. The alpha tetramers are not stable and they're ineffective at electrophoresis. And so this results in intramedullary hemolysis within that bone marrow, hemolysis when it gets out of the bone marrow and the vasculature, anemia with an increased EPO production. So the kidneys are trying to stimulate the marrow, but the marrow is not able to make the hemoglobin. Splenic sequestration resulting in splenomegaly, also secondary erythropoiesis, and functional splenia. Marrow expansion resulting in bony deformation and iron overload from transfusions and GI absorption. So the iron overload things that we think of is that bronze skin, the endocrinopathies, liver failure, and cardiac arrhythmias, as well as osteoporosis. Absolutely. So remember in beta thalassemia major and intermedia, you do not have any normal B. And so in beta thal major, you have B0, B0. And so you absolutely have no HBA. And then in beta thal intermedia, you have a B plus with either a B plus or a B0. So important to remember. And mm -hmm. so can you tell us about the treatment of beta thalassemia major? The cornerstone of treatment is transfusions. These patients have severe transfusion-dependent anemia. We consider hypertransfusion regimens to keep the hemoglobin between 9 and 10. We also need to be mindful of iron overload, and we start iron chelation once the ferritin is greater than 400 micrograms per deciliter. You can also consider splenectomy if there's severe abdominal pain secondary to the splenomegaly. And then also there's loose patercept. This is a newly approved drug based on the phase 3 believe trial that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2020, and loose patercept is an activin receptor ligand trap. This is given subcutaneously every three weeks. Absolutely. And so are there other types of beta thalassemias? There are. There are two more rare types that we'll quickly go over, um, but I encourage everyone to watch that ASH board review um, episode on the hemoglobinopathies and hemoglobin electrophoresis. So one we'll talk about is hemoglobin E, and this is a mutation that leads to a decrease in the beta chain. It's most commonly seen in patients um, from India, so maybe they'll give that to you in the vignette. Heterozygotes of hemoglobin E are not anemic. All you see is that mild microcytosis. 
Homozygotes of hemoglobin E have minimal anemia, and you would see target cells, hypochromia, microcytosis on a smear. And then there's also hemoglobin lipore. This is an unequal recombination of the beta and the delta genes, and it results in a functionally stable but fused globin. There's an underproduction of, or there's an underproduction of this abnormal globin chain. The fusion gene produces functional and stable hemoglobin with the mobility of hemoglobin S on alkaline electrophoresis. So they may give you that on the boards and it may be trying to trick you into saying this is sickle cell anemia, but it's not. And hemoglobin A on an acid electrophoresis. So it's important to know it looks like hemoglobin S on an alkaline electrophoresis and hemoglobin A if it's on an acid electrophoresis. And that's hemoglobin Lepore. Absolutely. So that was a great summary. Make sure that you make a cheat sheet with all these hemoglobinopathies um, with the ratios of the HbA, A2, F, H, Bartz, S, and C. That's what I did and definitely what I reviewed right before the heme um, exam. And so Sam, can you tell us our key takeaways? Yeah, so our key takeaways, first and foremost, we need to know what normal hemoglobin percentages are. And so hemoglobin A is 95 to 98%. Hemoglobin A2 is 2 to 3%. And hemoglobin F is 1 to 2%. In beta thalassemia minor, this is the combination of a normal beta with a beta plus or a beta zero. These patients are asymptomatic. All you see is that microcytosis um, on the labs and hemoglobin electrophoresis would show you a mild increase in hemoglobin A2, bumping you from the two to 3% up to the 4 to 8%, and no treatment is needed for that. Beta thalassemia intermedia is beta plus combined with beta zero. Beta thalassemia major is where we see most of our symptomatic patients, and that is beta plus with beta plus or beta zero combined with beta zero. These patients are severely transfusion dependent. The hemoglobin electrophoresis would show a completely absent hemoglobin A. They cannot make that beta chain. And you would instead see some alpha tetramers. Complications of the beta thalassemia major are hemolysis, splenomegaly with functional splenia, marrow expression, iron overload, and osteoporosis. Our treatment for beta thalassemia major is transfusions and then starting iron chelation once that ferritin is greater than 400 micrograms per deciliter, and then also the newly approved loose patercept. And so as always, thank you for listening. Please feel free to reach out to us with any corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to Onkdop. Have a great week, guys.